Hello, dreamers. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time watching or listening, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at livingthedream506. Share it. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. Everything helps. So thanks, at the very least, for just being here. On today's show, I decided to mix it up a bit and bring in a special guest to be my co-host. He's an expert in the dark arts, local All Them Witches super fan, and my good friend, Mr. Brad Stewart. And on today's show, we finally get to sit down and hang out with the guitarist from one of our favorite bands. I've been looking forward to doing this interview for so long, and it did not disappoint. I hope you enjoy this half as much as we did. His solo project is called Wood Splitter, and he is the guitarist for the band All Them Witches. Their new album, Nothing As The Ideal, is out now, so without further ado, please give it up for Ben McLeod. for being flexible by the way i appreciate it yeah dude for sure um i appreciate you doing this this is fucking awesome yeah no problem i i just got done doing a, a skype guitar lesson so it was fun nice so yeah let's just kick it right off you said you just did a guitar lesson you want to tell us about what you're doing with that yeah i'm doing online skype guitar lessons now um since there's no touring um the you know the the bills of life keep coming in, but the touring is, is not happening right now. So, uh, it's, it's actually been really awesome. And I, I wish that I would have got into it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know that the band would have had the, the fan base five years ago for me to do lessons, but I, I, I wish that I would have gotten into it sooner. It's been a lot of fun and like everyone's been rad. Um, every lesson's a little bit different a lot of people want to learn songs off of like the new album uh some just want to learn like two or three riffs off of you know a, a certain album um and then a couple guys just wanted just to talk and just ask questions about like how we record and how we write and like gear and things like that so i mean they've all been different and stuff but uh one of my students is this like 11 year old savant and he's absolutely crushing it he's he's done two lessons and he's scary good like really really good way way better than i was when i was that age so i'll i'll like show him something on on the guitar and he's like he'll just he'll just like think about it and then just like do it and he's like totally learns by ear so it's killer that's funny makes my job easy I, uh, I was talking to another guy that's doing the online guitar lessons and uh-huh. he said he's had a lot of repeat like students, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And he's got one guy that he said is 
10 times better guitar player than him. So on like the third lesson, he's like, why do you keep doing this? Like you end up showing me riffs by the end of it and scales and stuff. And the guy's like, I just like to see your take on the music. So I was kind of wondering if you had the same experience where guys are just like maybe looking for just a chill session with one of their favorite artists and maybe just bounce ideas back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm honored that like people would even want to sign up for, for lessons and stuff. Um, and I'm even more honored that a couple of, of the people would just want to, you know, pay for an hour of my time, which, you know, at first I felt weird about it, but then I was like, if I, if, you know, a musician that I highly respected and someone that I, you know, at the, a click of my cell phone button could just get whatever information that I wanted off of them. Hell yeah. I would absolutely do it. In fact, I'm taking a lesson from one of my favorite guitar players on Thursday because of that. So he's, he's like teaching lessons. Who are we um, talking about? Uh, his name is Laura Joe Metz. He uh, used to play for Sturgill Simpson. Fuck and yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm taking a lesson from him uh because i'm kind of getting into like more of like the hybrid picking country stuff i find it fascinating and it's something i mean i don't i don't play that style so it's like if if i'm gonna learn it i'm gonna learn it from him or someone like guthrie trap guthrie trap charges a little bit more kind of out of my price (laughs) price range so um maybe i'll take one from him but yeah like i mean i'm i'm taking lessons so it's it's just kind of opened my eyes such a cool cool thing that's like happening right now and obviously you know skype guitar lessons is like nothing new but um you know back to what what we were saying is if i was really into a band and could you know, learn some riffs directly from the person that I'm hearing. That would, that would awesome. That would, it, it would, it would be insane. So, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of makes you feel like a, like a kid again. Yeah. So. It's kind of a silver lining with what's going on right now. Like where artists are so much more accessible. And like you said, it's, it's cool to have it right at your fingertips. Somebody that you know and love that you can just let's learn the riff directly from the source. And I mean, this for me right now is exciting. Like, I didn't even introduce myself. I was just so excited to talk to you tonight, like, and just the, yeah. the hype leading up to it. And just to have guys like you more accessible right now is, like I said, it's just the silver lining of things. And just mm-hmm. to put a bookend on that, like I said, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Chris. I'm the host of this show, Living the Dream. And this is my guest co-host, Brad. Hey. Super fan. Super fan. Nice. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Uh, too. My name's Ben. You already know that, but know. where, where are you guys located? We're in New Brunswick, Canada. Oh, nice. Yeah. St. John. How cold is it there right now? It's freezing right now. Zero Celsius. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida now. And, uh, it is, uh, today was a, a cold day. It, the, the high was like 69, which nice. is like, <laughs> that's pretty unusual like it doesn't really get that cold until like the end of november mm. but i mean three days ago it was 90 90 degrees fahrenheit fuck yeah it was yeah. hot <laughs> we're just we're just getting colder and darker <laughs> yeah 
So what else have you been up to? I noticed like uh, you made a couple posts about mixing and uh, making yeah. like producing some shit. So what what else is on your table right now? Yeah, so I'm I've kind of uh, I've kind of not like stepped away from the producing stuff. Um, it's just I obviously you know I I'm not gonna be like present in everyone's sessions and like things like that and bands are not going and they're not really going in studios right now and most bands are recording at home and things like that and also a, a lot of bands really only have the budget to record themselves so when i was in nashville which me and my wife just left nashville about three months ago uh to to move to florida we'd been wanting to for like years so um i was doing a lot of producing in nashville you know with like friends bands and stuff but the the reason why i'm not producing as much and doing mixing more is because i'm getting bands from around the world who have already recorded themselves and they're like it's kind of word of mouth they're like hey i heard that you've been mixing um and then they'll just dropbox me their like session or like google drive and stuff and um i've been doing that i've been doing mixing for about two years now and it's been awesome it's been so much fun like i mean i'm a guitar player first and foremost but i definitely have an ear for mixing i it's it's been a blast i've i've gotten to like befriend bands from all over the place just by working on their records and stuff and i haven't had any angry customers yet so is it usually the same sort of genre as you guys oh no no not at all like i've i mixed a pop band i've, I've mixed a lot of pop bands and then some a lot of electronic bands lately i've been getting a lot of thrash bands which is killer i'm really stoked like thrash bands out there send me your stuff um <laughs> but and then a lot of yeah like kind of dark dark rock stuff some punk bands i think the oh i got a israeli psych band called java Sick. in the beginning of the year I, I i mixed them their record turned out awesome and then one of the more interesting ones was this band they're from the netherlands and they're like a three-piece rock band, but instead of electric guitars, it was an Irish bazooki. So, what, what are they called? It's like a, it's like a this this odd acoustic stringed instrument. Hmm. But it was awesome stuff. What was the name of that band? They're called Left Eye. Left Eye. We're gonna yeah. check them out for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna ask you some of the ones that stood out to you that you you've mixed that you maybe recommend yeah i'm i'm really proud so this this band that i've worked with a lot called Oganali, they're from nashville they just put out an ep and it's it's fire it's it's great they they outdid themselves with like the songwriting and i actually got to produce and record that i didn't just mix it because uh, that was that was when I was still living in in Nashville. So, um, Oganali's awesome. And then I mixed a a split for Howling Giant, which turned out really really cool. And then um, 
yeah i'm i'm really psyched on this band that i'm mixing right now they're a thrash band they're called arsena and i think they're like a brand new band from maryland i believe but they're so tight like when i i opened up their session and i mean there's no trickery like it, it's just solid musicians which is so much fun like i don't have to do any tricks which you know it's fine everybody everybody does that um but yeah they're great and then who else is putting out cool stuff i there's a guy in nashville called vid nelson who i got to mix two songs for and he is insanely talented i hope he sends me a, a full length to mix at, at some point but he's he he's killer he could be like something along the lines of like Devo meets Neil Young. So sick. Very, very he's a and he's an awesome guitar player. So nice. But yeah, so it isn't, you know, it it's not just like stoner rock bands sending me stuff. It's all kinds of stuff, you know, electronic stuff and pop. I I like it all because it's because it's music and it's coming at me out of my studio monitors as loud as possible. So nice. Cool. What about original yep. stuff? Are you working on any new All Them Witches or solo stuff, like Wood Splitter stuff? Yeah, so um, no Wood Splitter stuff. I just put out a new Wood Splitter single called Erosion. That was back in August. And I wrote it in like, I think I wrote it and recorded it in one day and then mixed it the next day. Um, just because I wanted to put something out.
I had, I got my new like kind of mix room set up and in our place down here, and I was a little I was a little worried, kind of stressed out, like not living in Nashville anymore, and being out of Music City. I was like, man, am I leaving? You know, work behind. Um, and so I was like, I need to just put out something right away and just like try to kind of stay pro prolific with the stuff. But then I, I was going to do more songs. But as soon as we got back down here, uh, I was just slammed with like the mixing stuff. So I was like, well, OK, I get, you know, it's 2020. I guess it really doesn't matter where I'm living. So that has been great to know, you know, because when you're in Nashville, you're you're going to shows all the time. You're constantly meeting bands and hanging out with bands. And so my fear was that I was going to live down here and kind of be out of the loop and I wasn't going to get considered for like jobs, but that's not been the case. It's been, I would say busier. I mean, I, I don't know if that's because people are cooped up and they're recording a bunch, but I'm very thankful. Yeah. What was the reason for moving to Florida? So my wife and I, we were big beach people. Like we, we wanted to be near the beach. Like I, I actually grew up here. I, I went from preschool all, all the way to college here in my hometown, which is St. Augustine, Florida, and then moved to Nashville like a couple of weeks after graduation. And I was in Nashville for 10 years and always knew that I wanted to, to come back here. Um, I was wanting to be closer to my roots. I mean, Nashville had awesome roots and stuff. It was an it was an amazing place to live. But as you get older, you kind of, you know, you kind of want to this, this is going to sound stupid for someone who's watching this who's like, you know, in their 50s or 60s. I'm only like I'm only 32. But when you get older, it's like you kind of think about, okay, where do I really want to end up? Where do I want to live? And that was St. Augustine for both me and my wife. So, yeah, nice. With the, uh, you guys never really get a chance to tour the new album. Um, and if you're writing new music, like, do you think you guys would actually put out another album if it if it ever came to that? Like, if things so, don't get better sooner than later. Yeah. Um, mm, I'm going to say no. And sorry, I didn't answer your previous question, but no, a ATW is not working on anything new because we, we, we love this album so much. We're so proud of it. It's our favorite thing that we've ever done and we want to tour it. And it, if it means, you know, worst case scenario that we even have to wait a couple years, like, who knows what's going to happen, but we're not going out on tour until we can tour this album and we're not doing another album until, until we've toured this album, the nothing is the ideal because we, we've been getting insane, insane response from like fans and, and stuff like that. People just really, really enjoying it, which is so refreshing. I mean, normally a band after six albums, you know, you're, unfortunately, you're kind of doing that. But I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that people have been enjoying this album 
as as much as any of them so we owe it to our fans to be fresh on that and to go out and tour this album and it i'm just afraid that if we recorded anything new then we're going to be burnt out on nothing is the ideal and not be excited to go out and tour it because we want to do the new stuff you know so i hope that's not disappointing no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that this album's this album's like my favorite guitar stuff you've done. Like I love yeah. this album through and through. But like, like are you guys like a get in the room and jam kind of thing, or are you like, hey, I have a basket full of riffs. Here it is. Um, like what are you talking about? Like how how, how we wrote we, it? Yeah. Oh, how we wrote it? Yeah. yeah. So it was all. I mean, it was from scratch. Like we we had nothing. Um, and the entire months of January and February of, of this year, um, we all literally just got in, in the same practice space, which is Robbie, Robbie's place down in Woodbury, Tennessee. And we just basically started from scratch, which was kind of like the first is the first way that we did that ever going into practice with nothing. And then coming out with, with with a full album before even flying to London, and it was so fun because like every day, you know, you'd have a new part to like one of the songs, or we'd be doing like a demo session, and Parks would come up, you know, he would have his vocal melody for like another song, and it was it was really cool to like watch it build, and also, um, we didn't feel like we were pulling it out of our ass as much because all, all three of us i mean a two-month writing session for all them witches is like five years for any other band like no, normally it's like okay we're recording in a week what do you got yeah. <laughs> so nice uh yeah and then i had i had one i, I had one riff going into the album which was yeah that was the only riff that i had for the whole album and i was like oh this sounds like graveyard i want to i want to put it i want the album to sound like this and it ended up making it so i was happy nice i saw a video of a look like a 10 year old kid playing that riff the other day yeah 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 that was that's awesome. the, is that the kid that's that kid oh okay, yeah? yeah yeah that's the kid that i was telling you about that's awesome nice. yeah he's nuts he's, he's gonna be insane so the track see you next fall from the new album everything was written before you got to abbey road but when you recorded the 45 minute version was that improv or was that whole 45 minute composition written in advance yeah no 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 so that was 100% improv so we had another song that was fully written that was gonna be on the record that all of us ended up just it it would have stuck out like a sore thumb so so we scratched it No, no one will probably ever hear it um and we were like, okay, well, we need another song. So we wanted to put some kind of jam on it, you know, cause that's, that's like the ATW style. 
And so we had two, we had like one full day left. It was, it was the second to last day. Cause like on the last day we did a lot of like prep work for like mixing and stuff and like went through all the tracks and just made sure that we didn't need to like reamp something. So the day before we, we did that, we had a full day to like jam and we did like two 45 minute jams, which is a long, that, that's a lot, that's a lot of jamming. And so we also had to reset back up everything, like all the drums, put all the amps like together and kind of mic everything in a certain way to where there wasn't too much bleed. And that the see you next fall jam, that didn't become a thing until, until we got home and I spliced, I like went, went into the pro tool session and basically found the best kind of like nine minutes and luckily we stayed in like pretty good time because like one of the sections is from like the very first part of the jam and then there's another that's like the middle and then actually the the end of see you next fall is the end is the very it's like the last the very end of the jam like that's minute 45 that's like how it ended and I was like, oh, Robbie's doing like insane drum stuff. Like we have to have this. And then so I, I spliced it and um, and then and then Parks recorded vocals over it. And I, I added like two guitar parts. I, I, I added a solo and then a couple like heavy rhythm stuff and like the chorus and then uh, just gave it back to Mikey, who's our engineer, which is like here, deal with this make this sound good and uh it, that ended up being my favorite song on the track on the album mm. nice so you we're not going to hear the full 45 minute version oh oh for sure i was talking about the one they song scrapped. yeah that we scrapped you probably won't hear that but yeah i think that people should hear the 45 minute version so when are we going to hear it <laughs> in uh 45 years <laughs> No, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I might just put it on like YouTube. Fuck yeah! One of these. It'll be like a, a, a random rainy day. I'll I'll wake up and it, that's how effervescent was. I was just bored one day, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna put this online. And then it was effervescent. So, I'm sure that I'll do that. It isn't, and. It'll be cool for like people to hear because they'll be like, "Oh, this part, this is on." See you next fall. So. So when but, you play it live, are we going to get a forty-five minute version of it ever? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but it'll be it'll be long. I mean, it'll it'll be longer than the album version. But that whole crazy tripped out intro, mm. that was also from the, the same day that 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 we jammed, but we were just making noises and stuff that was it was like that that wasn't a part of the see you next fall jam we just like slid, slid that in and uh we also i'm sure that we have like three hours of us just making noises <laughs> in abbey road like dude i can't believe we're here right now that's sick we have all the time in the world yeah. <laughs> uh, go, great. going back to the album before was uh uh harvest 
feast was that kind of like the same idea because it kind of had that same feel from that like a like a jam that yeah. kind of got cut down yeah 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 well no actually Har- harvest feast so it was a jam but none of it was was spliced like in fact harvest feast what you hear on the album that was the first that was take one i know this i i have kind of like a photographic memory for like studio time um but harvest feast was the first take we did and like no splices no punch-ins like that's exactly how we did it and we knew that we wanted that that like F part. That kind of great Grateful Dead part, we wanted that to be really long and like drowned out and kind of just go into a bunch of like reverb and noise. Um, But yeah, that, I love that song. I love playing that song live. We actually, whenever we play it live, we go into kind of a, a nod to dreams by the Allman Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I caught you guys at uh, the Opera House on that last last tour when you guys were in Toronto. I flew there. That from was Saint awesome. John. It was sick. Yeah. It was sick. And yeah, that song did definitely we stood do, out. Did we do uh, like kind of the dreams thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys jammed that yeah. song out for, for uh, a lot longer, it felt like. I was like, oh, that man, was, that's what I came here for. <laughs> that was but, honestly yeah. one of the most memorable shows for me actually i think for everybody because we got to play a full set because the time before in toronto this is toronto right yeah yeah you're at least yeah. place before so the time before uh the the power cut off 30 minutes in oh yeah it, we were at at that other venue and it was such a bummer it was like sold out and then the the power shut off and we didn't even get to play a full set and we're just standing there on stage just like and like nobody was leaving everybody was just like w- waiting waiting for something to happen and so we were all just like i guess we're just gonna go in the green room and just hide and wait because we couldn't even make an announcement because that there, there was no power like there was no pa so we were just like there was one of the most disappointing moments yeah that opera show was was awesome yeah, so we sick. got redemption. We got yeah. redemption at was, the opera house. There was people in the crowd talking about it. Like last time they played, they played like twenty-five minutes, and then they couldn't play anymore. And I was like, "Oh, really?" Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of talk about that in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that Good. was a great show. Oh you yeah. You guys mentioned the Grateful Dead. Have you guys ever covered the Grateful Dead? Um, we've not. We've talked about covering Dark Star or Warfrat, but we've just never gotten around to it. Uh, yeah, I know, like, you and Charles are, like, hugely influenced by Jerry and the Dead, and, like, I always wondered what your spin on a Dead song would be. I just always kind of fantasize about hearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Dark Star. I like Warfrat. Um, Robbie's kind of more into the later 70s Dead era, which is cool. I know that me and Parks like like a lot of the earlier '70s kind of stuff, um, but I think that we would do it right. It would be cool. Oh, yeah. Die Hard Deadheads wouldn't hate us. 
No. So, oh. and like I said, like, I fucking love the dead and I love you guys, but it, to put those two together, like, I hear it in a lot of your music, but to actually yeah. see your brush over top of a dead track would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, the time will come. Like I, I think it would be it would be sick to put out an album and to do like a whole a, a whole a whole ATW Grateful Dead tour, like where we just become the Grateful Dead and we're just playing Grateful Dead songs. I think it would be so <laughs> sick. That'd be That'd awesome. Be fucking awesome. Yeah. Maybe blend yeah. some of your guys' stuff into jams. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If you did a a dead track and then went in to see you next fall. For 45 minutes. Come back out of it. <laughs> and then... Yeah. Probably not that. Probably not that. Do the magnolia. That'd be fucking sick. But... Yeah. Sick. That could be fun. Anyway. It helps, it helps that shows happen again. <laughs> yeah. One day. Yeah. Where where do you see shows and stuff like going now? Do you feel like an underground like band smaller than obviously you guys like here in St. John Halloween like it was like last minute like all these invites went out to like these underground venues we have here with like bands were like yeah burn town we're playing tonight and like one of them got shut down they got fined and stuff like that like is that happening anywhere over there with bands just like fuck it we're we're setting up and playing yeah so in 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 North Florida. Like I, I actually, I just went to a show. I went to a show on October 30th in, in Jacksonville. Like it's, it's getting to a point now and, you know, politics and, and personal views aside, it's getting to a point now where venue, venue owners and bands I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how much more people can take. Like, this is, this is our livelihood. This is what we do. It, it's like, it, I mean, for me, it, it, if I can't play a show next year, like, I'm going to freak out. Yeah, for sure. For like, sure. It, it's, it's, this, this is my life and it's, and, and it's my career. And think about someone who owns a venue they they want it just as much you know from a business standpoint and i'll 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 say one thing and you know people can take it or leave it how they want but you know there's a lot of a lot of events going on there's weddings that i know of all all over america people are getting married and there will be 200 people in these weddings but as soon as you charge ten dollars at the door and have a band it's not allowed exactly yeah yeah. so i'm not really i don't i don't understand that it's like there's there's too much gray area when it comes to live shows and there's too much people making just kind of making it up as as they go along i i understand like you know if if you're going to a VOCs show, like if you've ever been to one, you know there's 500 kids and they're all sweating on each other and like crowd surfing and all that. But yeah, um, I mean, I I don't know. 
it's yeah. such a it's a, it's such a tough thing but um yes i do think that the first kind of touring bands and like shows is is going to be this like kind of punk rock bootleg concert yeah. that's where i feel it's going things weird which you know it's i think that's cool i i mm. i think it's rad you know like if you don't feel good about it then don't go exactly if that's what i've been saying yeah. then don't go but but you know like i don't know i i have to kind of tread lightly with that stuff i have i, I have opinions um but other, other people have opinions and, and like stuff like that but for sure i think we're on the like, same page yeah. yeah 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 it just it just seems like no one really knows what the hell is going on so and everyone's too afraid to be the first ones exactly and like so. you go back to venue owners like even around here like they're taking a hit like some of our like big music venues that we have here are just like we need help we're we're yeah. done in the next few months it's just like, yeah no the the only thing that is gonna save our venues is 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 touring bands and yeah. and shows there's nothing else is gonna do that N nothing else is gonna save them so because that's what they are their venues they rely on bar sales from shows yeah. and 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 th and things like that but I guess we'll see you know mm. fortunately you know it's not like we're in year three of this I mean it's only been it's only been since February really it still and feels like a three month uh, all the wishes jam session though it's like yeah years. yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, one thing, like I have a lot of friends that are, you know, they're just constantly, they're just trying to like reinvent the wheel. And it's like, you just have to be a, a little bit patient right now. And, um, you know, it, it's not like this is, this is, this is forever. At least I, at least I hope not, but it's also comforting that every other band is like going through the same thing. It's because like sometimes I get so frustrated. I'm just like, why can't my band, my band tour and stuff. And it's like, it's every band, like every band is like going through the same thing. You know, other bands are not more special than my band. They don't get to play. They don't get to like go out and tour. And like, yeah, in, in my hometown, there's bands that are playing shows and stuff. But that's only, you know, that's because it's Florida. And so I don't, I don't care about like playing a show in Florida. I want to go on tour. I want to go to Europe. Like I want to, I want to do a, 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 a four week tour, but cause that's what I like. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Have you guys considered or even tossed the idea around of uh, a drive-in show? That would be killer. That would be awesome. I don't know where we would do it. I I can say that we are doing the uh, two ticketed live stream shows in December. Sick. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of like the uh it's kind of like the vape pen of of shows. <laughs> yeah. The methadone. I guess it's unlimited yeah. access though, wouldn't it be? So you wouldn't 
can never really sell it out in a sense. Oh no 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 yeah yeah yeah. So that's kind yeah, of, that's kind of sick. In a way. It's it's gonna be you know it'll be like five or ten dollars and um you know we'll play for two hours and stuff and it's gonna be crazy lights and things like that and because at first we were like no we're 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 not gonna do the the live stream thing you know we're only doing two and then that's it we're not doing any we're not doing any more than two and so um we're gonna make it look really cool but to kind of like offset because like i like going to shows i don't like to just play shows i like going to them so i've just been watching youtube videos and like putting it on like the big screen and stuff and i don't know it's been it's been fun so that kind of changed my mind i know that robbie's really excited but excited about it because he gets to like make make the visuals look like super cool and like we're gonna have like strobes and shit it's gonna be awesome sick it, it'll, it'll be fun yeah from a fan perspective i know myself and a lot of my friends we very often stream live shows mm-hmm. um, and just the ability to not have to travel when you or when you can't travel like even when things open up we're in canada we may not be able to cross the border to come to these shows even if they do start back up so we yeah there is a bit of a helpless feeling here so um i have tuned into a few live streams since this all started of bands both at drive-ins and in studio just performing live in a studio and it it's not that bad Mm-hmm. like considering and like you said i want to play a live show and i want to be at the show i fucking my life is live music and going to live concerts but in the absence of that it is and like you said the vape pen it's it's the methadone of <laughs> concerts it's it's not the we're not getting the real hit but i mean that's a that's a mark norman reference for the comedy yeah where they're doing like outside shows and drive-in shows and stuff but it, it will help us get by. And to hear that you guys are doing that is fucking exciting. Yeah. We haven't announced it. So consider this the announcement. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, a drive-in tour would be badass. That would be awesome. Um, when they started, like I went to one right at the start of the pandemic and it was local and you had to stay in your vehicle and you, the FM feed was the concert. And that kind of... It didn't work, in my mm-hmm. opinion. It was good mm-hmm. because there was nothing else, but it didn't work for the live music aspect. But recently, it's probably a delay. It probably looked weird. It, it did look weird, and the quality through an, your car stereo is just not there. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's FM transmitted, right? But I have seen since then concerts that give your car a bubble. So you're allowed to get out and you have your vehicle bubble. So you're allowed, it's like a f- music festival with just less people and more spread out. But yeah, yeah. It can work. So, and especially in Florida where you guys kind of have weather that can permit it year round, it might be a, a yeah. viable option. So the only problem with stuff like that. So, and this is, this goes back to like another aspect is, Yes, let's say that ATW can go back out on tour, but it, it it has to be a tour like that or it has to be like a half capacity. You know, touring expenses stay the same, but but we're making half of the revenue. And so it's like, at, at what point 
have you just had enough to where you go out for two or three weeks and come, you know, break even or even maybe lose money? Like, versus are you just, do you just really want to get out there and like play and you don't care? You, you don't care about losing money. But um, I think that that's one thing that's probably going to be the biggest hump for, for touring bands is yeah, you're technically going to be allowed to, but is it going to be like real full capacity? So in which case, you know, fans are not going to get the experience because a band like us, you know, we're not going to be able to bring out a light show. Um, Let's say that we can't bring out a sound guy. So we're, relying on house engineers with no light shows you know it's 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 going to be a stripped down performance it it's not going to be the full thing it's not going to be the full awesome experience so um but i think that i think that this time next year i think we're going to be gold for sure yeah definitely yeah Mm -hmm. i only say that i only say that because we have a a full european tour this time next year so, yeah, so we're gonna be good. Nice. <laughs> so the live stream, are we gonna hear the new album on the live stream, or are you yes. gonna save that for in person? No, we are gonna do the new album, Fucking probably, right. probably in its entirety. That's yeah. exciting to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I again because like, I mean you know it's at the end of the day like being in a band yeah it is about your your personal satisfaction but the reason why you can keep doing it is because of fans and the fact that our our fans have been so rad with this album it's so exciting i can't even describe it but so we like owe it to people to 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 like do this stream so they can hear the songs and like see us playing them so and yeah, some people might be the only way they get to see you like that, like younger kids or, you know, yeah. us, us in New Brunswick, I, I flew to Toronto to see you guys. So, I mean, like, it's only a yeah. two-hour flight, but it's a 14-hour drive. And I was like, ooh, I'm, yeah. So, Man. So, I mean, that's, that's it was, we live in nowhere <laughs> land. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's sick. So, you're going to play it in its entirety. Is that something you guys... Like, like, do you like the idea of playing an album in its entirety? And would you ever go back and do that with an, another past album, like your first album, for example? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've thrown around the idea of, you know, choosing a town, you know, whether it's like San Francisco or like Chicago or Nashville and doing six nights in a venue and every night is a, is a different album. Uh, that would be, awesome. be really sweet run yeah crazy. that would man that would take some preparation on on our end but i think it i think it would be awesome it'd be really really cool that'd be one of those type of events and runs that like people from all over would go so you wouldn't have to do it in a hub like you said where yeah with a, a big venue that would support people flying in from all around the world because that something like that would get us across the country mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah and like you could you know you could get tickets to every night or you could be like i only want to see dying surfer so <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get tickets to that um but yeah that would be cool i mean i think that 
we've been a band for eight years now. And I think that that would be a cool thing to do. At, like on our 10 year anniversary or something. I don't, I don't want to be given away like too many of my, my <laughs> and plans, but that'd be fun. Fuck yeah. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but Make if it, it did, it would be, it would be in year 10. It's nice. In Chicago. Sick. What, what venue? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or Toronto. Yeah, Toronto would be sick. I mean, that would be cool. It's like, it's easy place for people to fly into. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, mm -hmm. I had a ton of fan questions sent in, so I'm going to try to rattle some off for you right now and see if we can get through them all. Cool. Um, Ryan K said, I know he was a big REM fan. And particularly, his tone was a chase of the album Monster. Besides Monster, what other REM albums stand out for him or tracks in particular? Um, I like Green and, let's see, Automatic for the People. Nice. That one's good. This On that album, the song Night Swimming is pretty unreal. It's just it's just piano and cello, and then Michael Stipe. So, pretty Sick. cool. Nice. Yeah, and like, I w I wish I could say that I was into like Murmur, which you know a, a lot of like punk people who dig REM. That's like their album, but I don't know. I was I was mainly into to like the '90s '90s REM stuff nothing really actually i don't i don't even know i think green might have been eight like late 80s i'm not sure but um yeah i really like i mean monster's obviously my favorite but nice i stopped listening to them after they put out up <laughs> yeah that was the turning I think point that, i think that that's what that album was called it was bad Anyway. Sorry, Ariel. Uh, Fishbelly86 Onions asked, does a live version of Surface to Air Whistle exist? No. Well, yes. The version. <laughs> that was all live. And that's it. That's the only time we've ever played it. And will it ever come back? Uh, yeah. I'm sure during a jam, sometimes we sound check with it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I guess I just contradicted myself. <laughs> but, so we got to bootleg it. <laughs> yeah. That uh, cowbell, the cowbell jam. Fuck yeah. Uh, Matt Pod J asked, when can we hear you sing lead vocals again? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. It's one of those times where I won't tell anyone. <laughs> it'll it'll just happen. Maybe on the the new country album that you put out once you get those guitar lessons. Yes, there That'd you go. Sick. Yeah, you get a sick like uh, western vocal. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> that is something that I I would definitely be interested in is just playing country music and singing with my really deep voice. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I was in Nashville for 10 years. I got, I got cred. <laughs> Man, that sounds awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, GCU Happy Idiot Talk said, I'm British. Aside from the full English breakfast, our national cuisine is awful. What food did you survive on whilst recording nothing as the ideal? Uh, That's it? I ate, so I'm not making this up. <laughs> I ate two things during while we were there. So normally when we're in London, we always get Indian food because it's dope. It's like the best Indian food ever. Um, but this last time I ate the same thing every day for lunch, which was pho at this place um, around the corner from Abbey Road. And then we went to the same like little gastro pub every night and I got a cheeseburger <laughs> every night. A cheeseburger well done and a dirty martini. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. That's a good one. I didn't eat I, I didn't eat anything else. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh Kelsey wants to know which song are you most excited to play off the new album? Forty one. Any particular reason? Um I like the riff. I like the uh, breakdown when it gets, it gets, when it gets like super heavy when I'm doing that. goes down to that part and it's like the most heavy sludgiest thing that i think that we've done i love that part so i'm excited to do that live and just like feast my eyes on the crowd just yeah. going ham yeah. Yeah. that was awesome yeah.
Vintage Octopus said, what new ideas and influences were brought into the latest record? And as a whole, how does the band approach deciding on the track order? So the track order, that's less artistic of an answer, but it was the only track order that we could do to where all the songs could fit without without one side of the of the album being too long so that was what we had to do it like that um and then we wanted saturnine to be first we wanted rats to be last so everything else just kind of was where it was because like the songs on like the sides because if we put if we flipped one of the songs and put it on another side, it would be like one side would be like 24 minutes, which is a little bit too much on a side. And then one side would be like, you know, short. So. So vinyl math. Yeah, it was definitely vinyl math. Nice. Done by our amazingly awesome engineer. I didn't have to do any of it. He just did all of it. And it was like, okay, how about this? So. So what about the ideas and influences? Like, did anything new influence this album that hasn't really been an influence on previous albums? Um, we wanted to, to do a metal album. So that was our rendition of a metal album. So, perfect. <laughs> yeah. We wanted it to be heavy because, I don't know, personally, I think that we might have lost some people on... The combination of ATW and Sleeping Through the War, you know, although they're both rad albums, we I think that we lost some of the original fans of our band by venturing more into like the kind of the alternative, like bluesy realm. And so, you know, we weren't like selling out, wanting to just, you know, get fans back, but we wanted to rock out. We wanted an album that would be super fun to play live and like really heavy and like people had bang too. And maybe Mosh. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So somewhat of a return to your roots per se. Yes, nice. absolutely. Nice. Uh, Sax Waffles says, absolutely love every album y'all have put out. And as long as it's fun, don't stop making music. ATW is one of the few modern bands that I have found with such a bitchin' tone as a whole. What are your three favorite Hendrix songs or performances? Oh, good, good question. Awesome. Hmm. So on the Hendrix Blues compilation, it's just called Hendrix Blues, the last track. It's a live version of Hear My Train A Comin'. I would say that is probably my favorite thing. And then um, the second track on that Hendrix Blues compilation is it's just an instrumental version of Born Under Bad Sign. I mean, that to me is, I think, some of the best guitar playing out there on like both of those songs. Um, I definitely like you know, when, when he stretches out more, you know, not just like Purple Haze where it's like a three and a half minute song, but I like to hear him go nuts. 
and yeah, Born Under Bad Sign, the second track on the Hendrix Blues compilation, and then the last track, Hear My Train to Come in the live version. And then my third favorite would probably be Machine Gun. Sick. Which is funny. It's it's funny because uh Hendrix actually didn't like he didn't like the album, the Abana Gypsies album. He didn't he he didn't want the label to like put it out. He was kind of upset with how out of tune his guitar was in. And he couldn't stand all of uh all of Buddy Guy's um or Buddy Miles, all of the uh, drummers like kind of like like stuff. He he apparently like hated that. And so uh I don't know. It was, I like read an interview about that. It's, I, I think it's actually in the liner of Band of Gypsies, but uh, Machine Gun, I mean, it has, it has the greatest one note solo, like the, <laughs> where he's just like letting it ring. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so you guys, those you guys, are three. You guys covered what, Manic Depression that last tour? That, yeah, we covered that the mix. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we we also covered uh uh Born Under a Bad Sign. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess that oh also what was that other Hendrix song that we covered? Voodoo Child. Voodoo Child. Yeah. But like the uh <laughs> It was like the uh, slower version, yeah. not like the. Uh, it wasn't that one. It was like the. The slow was, one. Was that on a, like a Jimi Hendrix compilation? Album yeah, it was on yeah. the. Electric Ladyland redo. Right. Yeah. Cool. Fuck yeah. I just like I get into a little bit of a trance when you start playing. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, have you I'll ever seen do more? I'll do more. How much do we owe you now? Those <laughs> <It was> lessons. <laughs> Nothing. Have you ever seen Derek Trucks live? And yes. How do, you, how do you feel about his playing? Someone asked. Love him. Yeah, Absolutely. He's fucking crazy. Yeah. He lives in Jacksonville. He lives like 30 minutes north of me. Um, and I'm hoping, because like I'm planning on playing with some like local, like kind of cover bands and stuff, doing like kind of bluesier western music and um i'm hoping that he comes down 
and happens to see me play sometime. That would that'd be really cool. That'd be awesome. But yeah, he's he's rad. He's he's someone that I, I would absolutely love to like sit down and just like watch him play. Again, like it, it goes back to like if I could if I could pay a hundred dollars to take a lesson from him, I absolutely would. I'd probably pay a thousand. He's I saw him live one time and he did some some cool uh, slide tricks that I'd never seen people do. Like he'd be in a slide solo and he'd slide up and then kind of tack it with his strumming hand, take the slide off and then take that note back with his other hand and go back into the solo and then yeah. do it again and then tack it, put the slide back on and then go back from it again. Oh man, like seamlessly. It was fucking cool to see. Yes, it does like that. those harmonic things they're wild yeah that's fucking awesome i i stole that from him nice (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's like the the fucking king of slide he's so crazy Uh, any talks about covering some Peter Green in the future? Well, we covered the song uh, before the beginning by by Fleetwood Mac, and that is on our Bandcamp page. Nice. So, but yeah, I mean, I would like to cover more songs on the album called Then Play On. That would be awesome. I'm a massive Peter Green fan. I'm a big Danny Kerwin fan as well. He was like the other guitar player who I think he was like, obviously he was a different player, but he was just as good, had a lot, had just as much soul as, as Peter Green and wrote a lot of the songs on the then play on album. Although there's this one guy on Instagram who like, Every time I mention Kerwin, he like finds me, he like calls me out. He's like, no, Kerwin couldn't touch Peter Green. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, dude, just just listen to the album. <laughs> like, yeah, Green is awesome, but so is Danny Kerwin. Like, you know, it, just because he, I don't know, in, 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 Instagram characters. Dude, no, no. <laughs> Uh, it's fun. Yeah. J- Jay Metis wants to know what soloing tips do you have for guitarists? Um, so I'm a, I'm a very pentatonic based, like a pentatonic scale based guitar player. I'm not afraid to stay in the pentatonic box. I think that's like kind of one of those buzzwords that guitar players are like terrified of. Um, it's less when you're soloing focus less on what scale you're in or doing and focus more on what you're actually playing like if i'm in a pentatonic scale and like a b minor you know yeah this is this is the pentatonic scale box but i'm not gonna do that like i i I don't care about hitting every note in a pentatonic scale i'm gonna focus more on what I'm doing like 
like technically that's in the that that is the pentatonic scale but i'm not like focusing on that you know you have to when you're soloing put put feeling and like thought behind the note focus more on like you know a singer's not just gonna go do re mi fa so la ti do do re mi like blah 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 no they're gonna do like a you know a singer is gonna sing so with a guitar it should be the same the same thing yeah, bend a lot keep it simple but just make it your own i know i know what you mean like we both play guitar and the pentatonic scale is the first thing you learn basically like when you start soloing and mm -hmm. it's the same idea don't just don't just walk it like do something with it yeah i do a lot of bends and stuff like and then i do a lot of half step stuff so i'll do like pentatonic scale but then and that's where like the jerry garcia mm. stuff kind of comes in <laughs> Yeah, I'm more of a Neil Young. I just hit one note and rip it for as long as I can. <laughs> yeah. Also, like choosing like one string at a time and just. <laughs> just, I like doing if I want to bridge the gap between you know if i'm down here and then i want to get to here just only doing one string all the way up yeah so uh where do you hide the pick of destiny and who'd you get it from <laughs> the the pick of destiny uh i just i just use these <laughs> dunlop usa 0.33 millimeter just the uh, Tortex yellow ones they're my favorite but I do have a pick I saw the sword before I even knew any of those guys and before we I was even in all the witches and we toured with them I, I was seeing the sword in Nashville and uh, the singer JD threw out a pick in the crowd and it was like it was this green just like dunlop pick and it like had his name on it and then on the other side it said the sword and i still have it nice and i was too i, I was too afraid to tell him about it when, <laughs> when we toured so. like, dude i caught your pick <laughs> it's in my wallet gonna play cool yeah, yeah. and RP Tallis 98 wants to know when is ATW coming back to Nashville? Um, I mean, technically we'll be in Nashville for the live stream, but we'll be at an undisclosed location that's not open to the public. Um, but I do, I, I can say that we have big plans. The next time that we actually play Nashville, uh, there are big plans in in the works so get excited nice mm -hmm. teaser well man um we saw you in 
was it Portland, Maine? Yeah, on the you guys were Mastodon. with Mastodon and Primus. Yeah, and just unbelievable. Like you guys opened the whole night, but I think you kind of stole the show. It was it was my first time seeing you guys, and it was it just blew me away. And I just yeah, I just wanted to tell you that it was fucking incredible, and I can't wait till shows open back up and you guys can tour oh, and yeah. I can fucking see you guys again. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, actually, that that show. Um, do you remember how windy it was? I do. On, on the war, it was unreal. <laughs> it was crazy. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was blowing the sound on stage around oh, so yeah. much. Like we didn't think that 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 we did well because, like, it was so windy and it was freezing. And it was like June or <laughs> or, or something. Yeah, it or was May. freezing. End of May. But I'm really, really glad that it translated, yeah. and that and that you dug it. That means a lot. Um, you guys, it was an early start to the show, and I think that's what I don't know if that's why you got the vibe that you didn't do well. But it was like people were still kind of arriving while you guys were playing, and it was a fairly short set, and it was cold, yeah. it was windy. But I am of the belief that windy can help bands. And I find yeah. your style and your guys's music that in and out in that wavy sound, it, mm-hmm. it kind of complemented your your show, and I thought it was fucking unreal. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my first time too. But I bought tickets nice. to guys' shows like four or five times previous to that. Like, yeah. Every time that I was supposed to go like drive to Boston or we were gonna drive to New York for a show, it was just like something came up, and like I used to have in my the ticket stubs in my wallet for like years i was like i gotta go see them then a new album yeah. come out like gotta go see them and then just everything would fall through and you'd be 12 hours away not six and it's like fuck but yeah i was so pumped to see you guys at the opera house that time it's a highlight oh, yeah. show for my life yeah that, that was a good one like i said we're we're in canada so our a portland show for us is still a five-hour drive so it's it's a it's an event when we go do go see somebody play live so Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully you guys maybe play the waterfront in Bangor sometime soon. Their outdoor venue is pretty sick. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. All right, on man. Well, Ben, thank you so much for doing this. It's been a fucking pleasure and an honor to talk to you, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for your time and thanks for being flexible. And I appreciate it. And uh, I had a blast chatting with you guys. So, cool, man. right on. Take care of yourself Take and care. keep the music coming. All right. See you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers. Hey guys, if you're still here listening and you haven't done so already, you might as well take a minute and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All these links can be found at liveinthedream506.com. Thank you for your support and keep dreaming.